This is the Let's Grab Coffee podcast, and I'm your host, George Khalife. I'm here today with Sam Bakhtiar. I should say Bakhtiar, but because I'm Arab, we can, we can pronounce the last name properly, man. Um, big fan of Sam. And I think, you know, the reason why I love his story is I resonate a lot with it. You know, him coming from Iran, uh, immigrating to the U.S. I think it was Pennsylvania, a couple dollars to his name, starting literally from nothing. And when we get into this, you'll see that, you know, he had jobs from McDonald's to working at a, at a car shop to all these different side hustles uh, to actually building his empire. Now he's actually the co-founder of Camp Transformation Center, CEO of 1% Nutrition. He's a beast from the East uh, and, and just super excited to have you on, man. Thanks for doing this. Thank you so much, George. Thank you for having me, brother. So tell me kind of just today what's going on in your world. I know people who probably follow you. I think we'll, we'll know a lot about this, but what's going on today? Like, what's what's been you? Any updates on your end? Well, today, man, I just enjoy, you know, doing what I do, which is, number one, being the best husband, the best father that I can be. And, you know, and just serving as many people as possible. You know, I'm, I'm, I thank God that I'm in a place where I'm out of the rat race mm-hmm. and I can really do stuff based on what I love to do, not because I have to. Right. So, uh, so, you know, today I own the Camp Transformation Centers, which is an international franchise, 1% life brand, which is a supplement brand and a lifestyle brand, you know, uh, you know, that elevates people to become the best version of themselves. You know, and I do some coaching and consulting on a limited basis as well. You, you attribute, and I was listening to, you, to your story, and I think at one point, you know, you used to try for basketball uh, teams and, you know, you'd never make it. And at one point, your mom just kept dropping you off at the gym kind of late afternoon. So you stumbled across the weight room, I think, you know, probably close to like a year after doing a bunch of cardio and, and uh, the supported machines. Was it something you just naturally fell in love with when you were young or, or how did that whole thing happen? You know, it, it's, it, you know, everything that in my life happens that was something amazing, it happened because of desperation failures and setbacks. So uh, I fell in love with weightlifting and transforming my own body because we came to America. I wanted to play soccer. Nobody knew what soccer was in the East Coast. <laughs> and they only had football, American football, baseball, and basketball. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know anything about those sports, but I, was, but, but I tried out for the basketball team anyway because I wanted to do a sport, you know, and, you know and, and I didn't make the team. I was devastated. I was ridiculed. I was bullied. I was called names. And, um, you know, I went back to my mom and said, I want to go back home. I don't want to live in this country no more. My mom said, we came here as refugees of war. We don't have that choice. She said, go, go to the boys club after school, practice and get better and try out this year. Mm-hmm. So as I went to get better at basketball, I saw these guys that lifting, you know, in the lift, in the weight room that looked like Arnold and Sylvester Stallone. And I was like, I'm going to look like that. So I got introduced to weightlifting out of desperation because I got cut from the basketball team. Mm. For those people who are listening, man, you know, and that are going through any kind of tough life, if you if you just follow my life or anyone's life that became anything, you know, obstacles are necessary for growth. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think obstacles are God's way of testing you to see if you're worthy of His blessing. A hundred percent. Well, just speaking about basketball, man, I, I failed to make my basketball uh, team in high school and I ended up joining the fucking Frisbee team, you know, when I was like in grade seven, grade eight, not great from a social perspective, as you can imagine. Uh, and talking about that, I think the big reason why you wanted to join the basketball team was to, as maybe as a way to fit in, right? As a, as a newly. Absolutely. I, I, mean, I, I played sports all my life, you know, so uh, ever since I was like 
three years old, I played soccer. Right. And, and now I'm in a new country and we don't have sports. So I didn't know what to do. I mean, you know, it was just like, what am I going to do? You know, and that's why I picked up basketball. I want to fit in. I want to, I want to play sports. I want to be in a group. I want to have a team. I want to have uh, friends and everything that comes with playing organized sports. And when you were, when you were at the gym at that point, kind of starting out, you were doing all these, I guess, small side gigs. Uh, I, I think, you know, one of the, the funny stories I remember you talking about was when you were at McDonald's, your manager was like, listen, buddy, if you don't like it the way it is here, she pointed to, to Burger King and was like, basically get your ass across the street and, and join them if you don't like it here. I think what, what you pointed out uh, because of that is you just didn't take direction in this kind of way very well. When did you figure out like, listen, this whole thing is not for me. I have to be an entrepreneur. You know, I was never a follower. You know, I'm, I'm always look for shortcuts and hacks. Mm to do things better, faster, and more efficient, you know, and I'm, you know, to this day, you know, I love if, if there's something that can be done in less time and faster and better, why not do it that way? You know, so I was never a sheep, you know, and following the herd. I was never that, you know, I always had my own, you know, mind and, and my own personality. So I always knew that I'll make a herb, you know, a horrible employee, mm-hmm. you know, and, um, I didn't know anything about entrepreneurship. You know, my mom just told me, you know, become a doctor, you know, and as you know, Middle Easterns, man, you're either a doctor, lawyer, or engineer. engineer. (laughs) One of those three, you know, you're you're a failure. So I became a doctor. Yeah, I became a doctor, you know, to please my mom. But again, you know, my whole plan was to help other people transform like I have transformed. Not only their body, because with, with weight training and exercise, not only you transform your body, but you also transform your mind. Trying, you know, you control your emotions, and it really changes your whole perspective of life. Right. What's what's that when you when you say? And I like the way you put it, hacks. Right. I think Middle Easterns are, are pretty good at, at that. You know, I call it I call it the positive hustle. We always find a way to scrap and be resourceful with what we have. Ooh. What were what were some early hacks? Because I feel like a lot of people in my community who listen, they're aspiring founders, dude, but but they're also young in, in the life cycle. So, what sort of hacks would you say someone can do today? Whether it's physical, spiritual. Uh, financial, just some things that really stuck with you in the past, let's say, 20 years or so? The biggest hack to me is, you know, really, really honing on your time management. Mm-hmm. You know, when I was in college, I was taking, you know, 18 units every semester. I was working as a personal trainer for about 25 to 30 hours. I was working as a bouncer for about 15 hours. Damn. And I was also getting ready for bodybuilding championships. You know, I was bodybuilding. So that means that I had to work out. I had to train. I had to diet. Right. I had to go to the shop. I had to meal prep. Count I calories. Prep, all that Everything. Stuff. You know, so, so I've learned to become a master of my time. And I've got so much more stuff done where we had other, other bodybuilders. And like, well, man, I can't go to school because I need to train and I need to sleep. Well, I can't really get a job because I need to eat on time. I can't really do this. And I'm going like, what do you mean you can't do this? Yes, if you manage your time, you can get everything done. You don't have to be a bum and live off of your girlfriend because you want to be a bodybuilder. Mm-hmm. You know? And um, it's funny because those guys, I still beat them on stage. I was doing 10 different things and I still beat them on stage because I was able to manage my time. I was able to control you know, my attention and, uh, and uh, where I spend my time at. Dude, do you remember the, the video of Ronnie Coleman when he was doing his uh, policeman shifts? Like that just blew my mind, you know, and I was a big bodybuilding fan as well early in my life. And just seeing that, I was like, are you kidding me? This guy's eight time, you know, world champion. And like, I, I didn't even know this side of his life. 
you know, where he just like a regular dude would wake up at five, do his shifts as a police officer, which is pretty intensive in itself, like physically, I mean, and get his ass to the gym and deadlifting like 800 pounds or something like massive. Well, I would say, you know, if you want something, um, if you want something done, give it to a busy person. Yeah, you know they'll, what I mean. They'll surely do it. <laughs> yeah, they do. They'll do it. You know. So that's that. So that's what. Uh, you know. You know. They get it done. I remember. You know, I was dating a girl in, in college, where she really didn't do much. She had to meet me at the gym. She said, "Let's work out together." You know, I meet her at the gym at two o'clock in the afternoon, and that was the first thing that she did. And oh, she sure. always late by two o'clock in the afternoon. I already literally changed the world, that's and that's right. how I knew that. That relationship was going to, wasn't going to last because I'm like, wait a second, it's two o'clock in the afternoon. You just woke up and you just, you know, are late to the gym. I've, I've woke up at five in the morning. I've gone through school. I've done my homework. You know, I've, I made some money. I had a few hours of work in and, and, and I'm here on time. So, um, what's your excuse? Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. How, how do you, you know, cause it's always a battle, right? Like you almost have to be a, like you have to be religious to your calendar, but you also have to be very effective with your time. What are some things you do now? Because I'm sure your schedule is busy as, as as ever now, right? With all interviews and like the businesses and just getting your own time in, right? With your wife, with, with working out. This is what I do, you know. My man, my man. I mean, I print out my schedule the night before. I take a look at it and I make sure there's no white spaces. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no white spaces. White spaces on your calendar is the devil. You know, so you want to make sure every single moment that you're awake, you're doing something productive. I don't care if it's, you know, family time. That's productive because you're going to allocate for that. You know, sleep. We put that in there. What time are you going to wake up? You know, what time are you going to work out? You know, what time? You know, you're in here right now. You know what I mean? So I don't wake up and just like, wow, what am I supposed to do today? Oh, gosh, I don't know. Let me see. No, I already know. I'm a well-oiled machine. I manage my time. I respect my time and I guard my time like I guard my daughters. Yeah, that's a great way of saying it. Especially like, I don't think I've ever run into anybody successful who just passively goes through their day. That's, that's never been the case. So time is one. What, else, what other sort of hacks would you say early on that really helped you uh, get up there? Um, gosh, early on, man, I had, you know, I had many hacks, man, you know, and uh, one hack that, you know, that, that always, always, uh, implement to this day is to really realize what matters and what doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. So priorities, right? Yeah, exactly. You know, you know, I have priorities and, and, and I don't have 10 priorities. I have like two or three priorities. Like today, you know, to this day, like my mantra right now, mm-hmm. where I am right now, I have three priorities other than serving God and humanity and all that kind of stuff. Here's my top three priorities. Spend as much time with the family as possible. Mm-hmm. Make money for the family. And stay healthy so I can do one and two. So it's that simple. So every second that I have during the day is allocated to those three things. Mm. Time for the family. Staying healthy for the family. And working for the family. Life is simple. You know, just people like to make things complicated. People just trying to like chase too many things and all that. Once you really sit down and figure out what is your core value, what you want your life to be, what is important, what's not important. You know, a lot of people have a to-do list, Mm -hmm. but I think it's more important for you to have a not to-do list. Yeah. Focus on the things that you probably shouldn't be doing because they're not aligning with the overall mantra or goal. Absolutely. 
for you, I think, you know, obviously being, uh, being healthy, being physical is at the pinnacle of your life because from it, everything stems. Your ability to create wealth, your ability to spend quality time with your family, and even your businesses are centered around this. When- it's my anchor. It's my anchor. You know, for me, uh, every morning I got to hit the gym. You know, it's my dream. Are you five o'clock? Is that kind of your... I, I, I get there at four. My man. I like that. You know, so for me, you know, it's my anchor. You know, that's how I start my day. I've come up with what I call a ritual that I have to do, you know, for me to be at peak state for the day mm-hmm. and uh, for me to be able to perform at my best. You know, uh, somebody else has told me this and that I think was very powerful. Imagine you're a pilot or imagine you're a lifeguard. Imagine that you got to be out of your A game or people can die if you're not. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so what would you do for you to be on your A-game every day so people don't die? And for me, I look at it as if I'm not on my A-game, my family suffers. Our future suffers. Our time suffers. So I can't afford not to be, you know, um, on my A-game. Yeah, it's it's also timely, man. Jordan Peterson posted one today on Instagram where he kind of talks about this, right? Like you have to have some sort of accountability because people count on you and, and you may or may not know it, right? Sometimes it could be your, your children, but sometimes your parents, your cousins back home, you know, in Iran who probably don't have the same opportunity to be where you are. Like, I think there's so many different factors that uh, it's just a perspective shift, right? Yeah, absolutely. So with with obviously health being at the pinnacle, when did you decide to do the businesses that you created? Like, what was that tipping point where you said, you know what, I'm really going to zone in on this, but this is how this idea started. Where did that come from for you? As far as a business idea? Yeah. So the transformation camp, 1% nutrition, when did, when did those things happen in your life? Well, it, it's, it's crazy. It all came out of desperation. I started my personal training, you know, in the year 2000 after I graduated from chiropractic school. Mm-hmm. And then I started doing goods by my low standards. You know, doing good for me was, you know, making 10, 15, 20 grand a month was amazing. You know, I'm, I'm used to where I come from. You make two grand a month, you're freaking balling. So now I'm making, you know, 10, 15, 20 grand a month. And I thought I was invincible. And, um, and then until 2008 hit, 2008 came and just blindsided me, you know, I almost lost everything. Um, and nobody could afford one-on-one personal training. There was a huge recession. From 2008 to 2012, you know, I tried so many different things and failed Mm -hmm. trying to figure out ways to be able to, you know, keep customers. Nobody could afford, you know, those expensive personal training rates. And then finally, we came up with a group training concept in 2012 and started signing people up and and getting some traction. And and that that was the start of the Camp Transformation Center. Um, You know, a couple of years ago, I've always been a person who always said, hey, you're a one percenter. You're doing a great job. Keep doing it. You're, you're pushing hard. You're a one percenter. You're going above and beyond. And for me, one percenter has never been about money or becoming you're better than anybody. One percenter is somebody who makes a decision that they don't want. They're, they're not. Uh, they're not happy where they are. They have a goal, and they're willing to pay the price to get there. That to me is a one percenter. So you can be broke and be four hundred pounds and set a goal and, and execute the goal to perfection. You mean to me, you're a one percenter. I don't care if you're four hundred pounds and you're broke. Or you can be a trust fund baby with a billion dollars and never did anything but sit by the pool and, and sip on umbrella drinks and have a six-pack. You're not a one-percenter to me. So one-percenter is about your resilience, about your grit, as about you willing to get uncomfortable 
and willing to do what's not popular to get to your goal. You know who's a one percenter? A baby. A baby's a one percenter. Why? Because when baby starts walking, they fall. They get they up. Fall they fall, and you know they, they get up. They don't. They don't care about your opinion. Mm-hmm. They don't care about anybody else. Say they don't even understand they, it. Right? They don't understand it, and that and that's the biggest bliss. It's probably a great thing. Yeah. You're right. So what they do is like, well, I just know I need to get to that toy. I need to get walking. I need to get up there. So they fall, they fall, they fall, but they're, you know, they're not going to stop doing it. No, the baby doesn't say, okay, I'm done walking. You know, I'm, I'm just, I'm going to to cuddle me the rest of my life and carry me, daddy. No. But somehow when we grow older, we become, you know, conscious of other people's opinion and their naysayers and, oh, no, don't do this and don't do that. Oh, you'll fall. Don't do this. So that's, um, that's it. How do you tune that out now? Even because I, I know that, one, you know, the more you get success, I, I think it, and correct me if I'm wrong, but the harder this, this becomes too, right? You're, you're, it's never going to be a, a, you know, a, a no-sayers game. People are always going to have an opinion. They're, they're going to probably judge you even more. Like, how, how do you uh, stay focused, essentially, is what I'm asking. You know, the only person's opinion that matters to me is my opinion of myself. Because no matter where I go, I got to take myself with me, mm-hmm. right? Whenever I go, I go to sleep, I got to put my head on the pillow and, and, and uh, be happy about where I'm at. Uh, and also the man upstairs, you know, let me ask you a question. You know, I don't care. You know, I don't know you're a Muslim, you're, you're a Christian. I don't know. It doesn't really matter. But, you know, Jesus, did everyone approve of Jesus? Nope. Did everyone approve of Muhammad? Nope. How about Gandhi? Nope. How about Mother Teresa? How, how about Mother Teresa? Nope. So I'm going to tell you right now, I'm nowhere as holy and, 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 and nice as them. So if somebody doesn't like me and that, that or, or doesn't approve of me, I'm okay with that. Can't it's, be perfect. It's, it's, it's a part of life. Yeah. Have you ever heard that saying where if, if you want to please people, then go sell ice cream? Oh yeah. You know what? <laughs> and, and, and I don't think and I don't think you're gonna please people that way. Somebody's gonna want low fat ice cream you don't have. Somebody flavor you don't have, and somebody's always gonna fucking. <laughs> you know what I mean? And you might as well just live your life the way you want it. And, uh, you know, don't be, unapolog- be unapologetic about who you are, what you stand for. People might be wondering now, like, what, what is it like to be in your shoes, right? And, and you gave a bit of a glimpse to that. You wake up super early to the gym first thing. You stick by your calendar. How would you describe your day? I'm, I'm assuming it's not the same every day, for sure. Most successful people don't have a rigid day. But give us a glance of, like, what, what that would be like. How my day is? How, how you how, how, uh... How an, let's say, a, a, I, mean not, I don't want to say typical day because I'm sure it's not standard, but just give us an example, like maybe just today, what, what today would look like for you in terms of what you would be doing, what to focus on. Today is Wednesday where, you know, I get my, you know, uh, my kids from previous marriage, mm-hmm. you know, so I get them on Wednesdays and every other weekend. So Wednesdays, usually, you know, I, you know, you know, most days I get up at three o'clock in the morning, get to gym from four to five thirty, you know, come home, take a shower, eat a nice breakfast, you know, hit the office or work. They usually work from about seven to three. Then after that, it's all family time. So today is going to be the same thing, except I, I pick up the kids at two. That's awesome, man. So you created basically these these businesses and, and becoming an entrepreneur really to create freedom, right? It's like what Jocko Willenick said, like discipline equal, equals freedom. And, and I think that's that's pretty much what your mantra has always been. Absolutely. You know, you know we all came to this country for freedom, for to be able to, to do what we want, and, and when we want. And uh, money is just a vehicle to freedom. It's not about the money. It's about freedom. Mm. 
Would you say that there's a different business in mind now after camp, after the 1%? Is there anything you still want to do? Like inside, you're still itching to maybe tackle or take on? The only thing I'm itching for is spending more time with my family. That's it, eh? That's that, you know, I don't want to play that, play that game. I'm comfortable. And if an opportunity presents itself, you know, and there's other things I want to do, by all means, I'm open to it. Mm-hmm. And I'm not chasing it. What I am chasing is family. Yeah, no, 100%, man. I, I, I can see why that would be the case. And for you, like, uh, I don't know, for people listening to this on audio, but behind you, there's a ton of books. So I, I feel obviously like that's something important. I see some Tim Harris, uh, Tim Ferriss story books. I see a couple that stand out. Probably was an important thing for you. Is there anything special that, that you kind of picked up along the way that maybe you could point to a book, an author, a mentor? I know those are pretty important at times, so. There are many things. There's many mentors. There's many books, you know, that I can re- reference to, mm-hmm. you know, that, that, that the exact book or the exact mentor really doesn't matter. What really matters is for you to be able to always search for knowledge, always self, you know, search for improvement, always, you know, uh, you know, be curious like you were once a kid about different subjects and different things. You know, that's what's matter. You know, you don't, you know, you want to be learning all the time. You don't want to be that old guy that just doesn't want to learn anything, doesn't want to do anything, just wants to to do the two or three things that he does. You know, so for me, um, a lot of people like to get, you know, massages and go relax and all that kind of stuff. And I do that every once in a while and once in the moon. But for me, the best massage, the best, you know, getaway for me is open up a book, sit in my office, and just really, really kind of geek out on the book and learn from the book. That to me is the best stress reliever of all time. And are they typically like business books, biographies? What are you, what are you typically in? I really only eat, uh, read three things. Mm. You know, I learn, you know, I, I do you know, fitness and nutrition books, mm-hmm. you know, business books and personal development books. So those are my subjects. You know, and uh, those those are what I'm what I'm fascinated by. Is there like a favorite in all those three categories? I feel like people would want to know this. Okay, favorite in the business category, I would say. Uh, and there's a lot of them, man. But I would say one of the books that really changed our perspective of everything. Start with why with Simon Sinek. Right. You know that was, that, that was that was a, that was a huge game changer for me. Um. In business, man, you know, there's so many books in business. I mean, good to great comes to mind. Right. You know, um, but a really good book too is delivering happiness. You know, um, that 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 that's a great book. And as far as fitness is concerned, you know, um, one of the books that I think that is like a bible of fat loss is "Burn the Fat, Feed the Muscle" by Tom Bernudo. You know, I think that, that was a, that was a great you know in, you know great you know nutrition book of how to properly lose body fat. I'd have to give that one a read. Um, what I did want to ask too is, is you mentioned early on that your parents, you know, stressed the whole become a doctor thing. I think a lot of people listening might struggle with that as well. You ended up taking the route where you obviously pleased your parents, but became successful in what you ultimately wanted to do, which is chase the dreams of what you ended up building, right? Would that still be your advice to people listening? Or if, if you were to go back, would you start, would you start what you ended up creating, but earlier? You know, I don't know that. You know, you know, you never, no, mm. you can only connect the dots going backwards, not forward, right? For sure. So I don't have a crystal ball and say how my life would have been, but I'll tell you right now, I live life with no regrets. 
I, don't, I live my life with no regrets. Everything happens for me, not against me. And um, that's, um, that's, that's my mantra. So you, yeah, I mean, it, it's almost saying like everything that, that did happen almost led to where you are now. So it's easy to say if you change the parts, but maybe also the outcome would have changed as well if you did that. Absolutely, 100%, 100%. I, you know, you, you don't know, only God knows. You know, so you don't know, but you know, I'm, I'm not complaining about my outcome. Before the podcast started, we also talked about what's happening right now. You know, the, the frenzy, the freak out. I love what you said. You're like, listen, I don't even pay attention to that. Um, as people are, are kind of getting crazy with this whole thing happening, how, like what, what, what is your mindset to, to these typical like black swans that Nassim Talib talks about? Well, I mean, look, you know, um, we live in a, um, in a world where news and social media controls the masses. Mm-hmm. You know, and everybody loves to panic. I mean, you, I don't know if you've ever done this before, but I encourage you to do this and you laugh because you can send an email out and say, subject line, good news. I'm putting another email out, same exact content on the inside, and put the subject line, bad news. And then watch the open rates. Mm. You know, and you see that the people love bad news. There's no news station that says, oh, let me tell you what's everything that's amazing with this world. Always crap. Right. So always see, oh, somebody got shot, somebody got murdered. You know, oh, there's a virus here, or oh, the economy's tanking. Nobody says anything good because we're programmed to, to survive. And we, we like drama. We like the, you know, things. That's why TV dramas are, are like the number one shows in the, you know, on, on, on TVs. Um, so that's why I created 1%. 1% Life is all about looking at what everybody else is doing and do the opposite. You know, and, and, and paving your own way, you know, being your own person, not following the sheep, being the lion. That's what it's all about. Because so many people are just walking around like just do what everybody else is doing. Oh, everybody's buying water? Oh, let me go buy water. Oh, everybody buying toilet paper? Let me go buy masks. toilet paper. Right, oh, like everybody's going masks. And- everybody buying them? I don't do that. I do the opposite. <laughs> when everybody's selling their stocks, you should be buying stocks. Buying, yeah. When everybody's selling real estate, you should be buying real estate. You know, so, um, you know, it's a great time to be alive and more importantly, be aware and be your own person, do your own research. Do you meditate a lot, typically during a day, or? No, do I, don't. I don't. I don't. You know, I, I do. Yoga. I started doing yoga. Okay, more physical though, or versus mental, or? Yeah, yeah. You know, my, my meditation is reading a book. My mm. meditation is lifting weights. My meditation is doing cardio. Therapy, dude. You know, for, I, I'm not. I'm not. You know, for me, you know, sitting down here, this has not never been therapy for me. I can never do that. Yeah. Do you listen to like podcasts when you do cardio, or, or is it just music? No, I, I, I listen to audiobooks. Okay. Just more ebooks? Yeah, more audiobooks. And, you know, one of the things I just wanted to mention as well, um, speaking about kind of going against the, the herd, um, you obviously know a ton of very, very cool people, right? Especially in like the bodybuilding space. I saw the, the recent, I think it was like a mutual interview between you and O'Hearn, uh, which happened, I think, recently, but he's an awesome guy, man. Uh, and it was cool because it was almost, I felt like a, like a mutual podcast, you know, like you both were weighing in and what, what a phenomenal guy too in that, in that scene. Have you, have you witnessed anything different from, from those kinds of people that, you know, and even in your circle who are very successful? Like, have you seen patterns across them that you could probably talk about? Yeah. They're always working towards something. Mm-hmm. I was working towards something. 
You know, if you look at all the successful people, I mean, people who, you know, you think like, man, gosh, man, settle down a little bit. They're not motivated by money no more. You're, they're motivated by progress. They're motivated by legacy. They're motivated by, you know, getting shit done. They're motivated by discipline. You know, um, you know, if money was the only motivator, I would have been retired a long time ago. You know, so, so, so many, many of my other friends as well. So at some time in your life, then you were like, okay, man, what am I really chasing? You got to chase something. You got to do something. If you're not doing anything, you're staying home watching TV and you're a billionaire. It's the easiest way for you to be depressed. It's true. Yeah, you almost, you, you almost lose that hunger, right? It's, it's like that saying, the wolf on the top of the hill is less hungry than the one climbing it, right? Um, so before we close this off, man, I know you're, you're very strict to your calendar. Uh, I just did want to ask for people listening, like what, what sort of advice or lessons, you know, you, you'd kind of leave us with and keep in mind, these are either twenties or thirties, aspiring founders, CEOs. Um, yeah. What, what are those sort of gems that you would, you would really want us to, to leave with? I would say first thing first is, you know, make sure you're aware of your proximity. Okay. Yeah. You know, proximity, what I mean by who you hang out with, who you environment. Your, your environment, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, I wish I would have known that earlier in life, you know, and, but you want to be around people who inspire you. You want to be around people who, who are like, wow, you want to be like, you know, you don't want to be the biggest fish in the pond. You want to be that small fish in the big pond so you can aspire and become bigger, you know? Um, and you cut a lot, a lot of those branches. Like when, when you were on the come up, did you cut a lot of those people out? I didn't cut them out. They chose not to go up with me. Mm. You understand? Difference, yeah. Yes, and I don't, I don't cut people out. You know, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to the top. They're more than welcome to come. <laughs> There's a lot of seats here. If you want, feel free. But I'm going with or without you, right? Exactly. So if, you, they, if they chose to come with me, then they can come with me. If they chose not to with me. I didn't abandon them. They abandoned themselves. They abandoned their dreams. They abandoned what they want to do. I'm not going to abandon my dreams or or what I want to do in my life because somebody else doesn't want to do it. Gotcha. So first thing is environment. What else would you say? The first thing is environment. And then second thing is, you know, coming up with a plan and taking action. So many people are just like waiting, waiting for the perfect time to start something. Perfect time. I'm going to start my diet. The perfect time. I'm going to start my business. The perfect time. I want to launch this. There's no perfect time. The sun and the moon are not going to align, you know, on the exact same time that you want to. Life is going to happen. So an imperfect action is better than no action. You know, learn that, you know, you're going to make mistakes. You're going to, make, you're going to fail. Mm-hmm. Accept that. Nobody's gone through life or business without any failures or any setbacks. As long as you learn from them, you're going to move on. You know, it, 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 it's, it's very simple. Yeah, like, like Dave Ramsey said, I listened to him today. He's like, uh, you know, children, wing it. Adults have a plan and stick to it, right? It's that simple, man. You just got to put it to work. I appreciate you. Sam Bakhtiar, thanks for being on the podcast, man. I appreciate your time and we'll, we'll let you get to the rest of your day, dude. Thank you so much. God bless. Thank you for having me. If you found this podcast useful, make sure to share it out with your community. And if you haven't already done so, subscribe to the podcast. I'll see you next time.